All right, Rabbi, say good morning, good morning. Let let us begin. First of all, it's uh, you Chavra can't see this, but I will tell you this is uh, to the Chavra on Zoom. It's Mamish. I see Alan Wiseman in Bnei Brak over here in his hot spot in in Bnei Brak, and I see David Kahana in his sukkah drinking wine with Dafyomi. Mamish, he's in Eretz Yisrael. He's not. It's not a drinking problem. He's in Eretz Yisrael. I want to make clear. Incredible, incredible, Mamish. Okay, David, trust everyone. Wonderful to see everyone. To join the Yisrael Bekarov. So I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shir, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Avram and Shandy Kelman for dedicating all the shiurim this month in memory of their parents, to thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the shiurim this month in memory of Kivati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport, Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating the shiurim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz Moshe Ben Avraham David. We thank all of our sponsors for their dedication and generosity. And also with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf Chof Vav, 26. We are picking up at the Mishnah on Chof Hey Amad Beis. Hopefully uh, you did your homework. I signed a little bit of homework last night. But um, let us begin. I'm sorry. Great, let's begin. So Bose says the Mishnah. Fascinating case. Bechar Shenafal Abar. Bose, if you have a firstborn animal, a Bechar animal, that fell into a pit. So let's give a little bit of context over here. Look at Rashi. Bechar shenafalabar. Bechar bizmanazeh in nishchat belomum. I will remember again, a Bechar animal, right? A firstborn animal has kiddush, has kiddush, has kiddush as Bechar. It has a certain level of inherent, of inherent kiddusha. That animal, technically speaking, is the property of the Kohen. So what's the halacha? The owner is permitted to go ahead and shecht it and keep it for himself if the Bukhar, if the Bukhar animal develops a mum, some type of disqualifying blemish. Now we'll discuss the parameters of this. Rashi says, This is actually very interesting. So remember, so a couple of pieces. A Bukhar firstborn animal is Kaddish and is the property of the Kohen. If, however, the animal develops a mum, we'll discuss what type of mum, a mum kavua, an established mum. So it becomes the property of the Israel owner. However, again, we will see the Israel owner cannot intentionally inflict a mum so as to allow himself to keep the animal. And if he shechts the bachar without a mum, that is the equivalent of what? Shechting kachim, shechting karbanas, outside of the base Hamikdash, which technically speaking carries with it a penalty of Kares. Very significant. So the case over here is, Bechar Shinaf al-Abar. So I will say, the issue over here is, I have a Bechar animal that fell into a pit. And what I'm concerned about over here is that the animal is going to die in the pit. So what's the halacha? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Yerid Mumcha Vira. Rabbi Yehuda says, what we go ahead is, we lower a mumcha, right? So remember, there are certain people who are experts on mumin. But say, you know, there are many people who are experts at finding mumin. They could find the mum in any person. They could find the mum in anything. Right? People are very proficient in that. This is a good type of expert in that. This guy is specifically trained to be able to go ahead and identify which type of blemishes render a bachar the property of the owner. So Rabbi Hudu suggests as follows. Lower the guy down, lower the mumcha into the pit. Rashi says mumcha, baki We're going to see that in the world of mumin, not every mum is the same. The type of mum which allows the owner to keep a bachar is what we call a mum kavua, a permanent mum. 
versus a mum over, right? A mum over is a mum that you have now, but again, it'll go away, it, it, it'll heal. That second type of mum, a mum over, does not permit the owner to keep the bachar, only a mum kavua. So Huda suggests, let just lower, lower the mumcha down into the pit, let him inspect vira, top of, top of chavav, im yesh bomam yalav yishchot. Now both say, if the animal indeed has a mum, then what does that mean for me? I'm the owner, what does it mean for me if the animal has a mum kavua? What does that mean? It's mine. If it's mine, then what am I allowed to do? Bring it out of the pit. See, I was saying, the issue, the issue I play over here is to go ahead and hoist an animal out of a pit because I'm on a shecht and I need it, that's permitted. To hoist an animal out of a pit that I can't eat, you can't do that because the animal's muktza. So the shayla over here is, is this animal permitted to me or not? Or Rabbi Huda says, only one way to know, is it a mum kavua or is it a mum over? Let's lower the mumcha into the pit and go ahead and let him inspect the animal. But ultimately, again, if the animal does not have a mum kavua, then what? Then ultimately, then you can't go ahead and shach the animal, which makes sense. And therefore, we'll say, when it's lo yishchot, what else does it mean? Not only lo yishchot, but what? But what? Lo yale. You can't exert the effort to bring the animal out of the pit. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, no. Kol she'in mumo nikar mi ba'od yom. Rabbi Shimon says, halacha lemaisa. If the mum was not recognizable on Erev Yamtiv, in other words, if it was not a known mum, a mum kavua, on Erev Yamtiv, then what? Ein ze min hamuchan. He says, the animal is not prepared for use. In other words, what Rabbi Shimon is saying is like this. If when Yamtiv started, this was an unblemished bachar, that means it was set aside for non-use on Yamtiv. The development of a mum kavua on yamtiv cannot change the muktza status of the animal once yamtiv has started. Look at Rashi. Now Rashi says over here, this is actually not muktza, but rather again, he says, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon has a different issue over here. This is not a muktza issue. This is an issue we're going to see later on that we do not render judicial rulings on yamtiv. And the reason for that is because it's nira kimetakein. Ultimately, again, it looks like you're fixing something, so to speak. So the act of going in a paskening on a bachar ultimately is what? Is the rendering of a legal decision. So therefore, Allah Rabbi Shimon says, if the animal was paskened on, right? If you paskened on the animal that it's a mum kavua on Arab yamtiv, you could use it. But the moment that Yamtiv started, and that animal, as far as we're concerned, is a regular Bechar with no mum, you cannot go ahead and change its status on Yamtiv itself. So therefore, I will say, fundamental achlokes, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon. Again, just to be clear on the case, the animal falls into the pit. I want to know, can I extract the animal or not? Is that a permitted tircha? Well, it's only permitted if what? It's only permitted if the animal is fit for consumption. So Rabbi Huda says, no problem. Lower the mumcha into the pit. Let him inspect it there. If it's a mumkavua, hoist the animal out because now the animal is permitted for consumption. Rabbi Shimon says, no, 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 no. Status is determined at the onset of Yantha, but not a din in Muktza. It's a din in rendering piske halacha. Bezdin does not sit in session on Yamtiv. And therefore, Allah you can't render piske halacha on Yamtiv because it's near a kimataki and looks like you're fixing something. Shabbat Shimon says if it was fit Arab Yamtiv, good. 
But if it wasn't fit Erev Yamtiv for my consumption, I cannot change that reality on Yamtiv. So also I just tell you, just B'derach Hashkafa. When I was preparing this daf in my soka last night, it really, it really struck me how profound these words are. Listen to this idea. Bechar Shenafal Labar. We'll say, what's a Bechar? What's a Bechar? Bechar, in this case, is an animal that has inherent Kiddusha. Right? The, the Bechar didn't do anything. It's just being born first. Which is an incredible metaphor for a Yid, for a Jew. Each of us is a Bechar. Each of us has that, that inherent Kiddusha. Right? No matter, it doesn't matter. I didn't do anything. It's just, I, I'm a Jew. I, I'm a son of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. A son of Sarif Karach and Leah. This is who I am. I'm a Bechar. I have inherent Kiddusha. What happens in life sometimes? Nafalabar. What happens in life sometimes? No matter how much inherent Kiddusha you have, you just fall down. And when you fall down, you fall down deep. Right? I don't just like fall on the ground. I fall into the bar. So what's the halacha? What do you do? What do you do in life? When even though I know that I have inherent kiddusha, I'm not full of bar. I fall just into the deepest places in life. What does Rabbi Huda say? Rabbi Huda says, Yereid mumcha. There's two pieces over here. Yereid mumcha. Yereid mumcha means you have to find a rabbi. Everybody in life has to have someone who they look to. I was going to tell you why. You know what the difficult part about a mum is? Difficult part about a mum? We joked before that you could always see mumin in others. It's amazing. The only mumin I never see are my own. And so it's so important in life to have someone, not to have someone you could go to who could tell you what your faults are. No one exactly wants someone like that. But to have someone who you trust enough in life, trust enough in life, that when they give you hadracha, and when they tell you, by the way, no, this isn't the right way, that you're macabre. It's not easy to find someone like that, to find a Rebbe, to find a mentor like that, who you trust enough, right? In other words, I could learn Torah from, from anyone, but to find someone in life who I trust enough that when they tell me, that's a mom, that's a mom, right? I believe that person's a mumcha, and ultimately I'm going to take that advice, I'm going to grow with it. But there's an incredible muster to the Rebbe also, right? Which is what? Yeireid mumcha. You see, if you want to go ahead and be a leader, you have to be willing to go down and meet people where they are. Leaders who like to live in ivory towers, right? Leaders who like to live in ivory towers are usually incredibly ineffective. Incredibly ineffective. This is why, Bederach Klal, politicians are ineffective. Because politicians live, right, in, in a different place. Very rarely interested in coming down to be yore to the bar. But that's the difference in Klal Yisrael. What's, what's, what's a mumcha? What's a mumcha? Yered mumcha. The mumcha is willing to go down to the person in the bar and to say, listen, together, together, let's go ahead and raise ourselves up. So it was such an incredible yisod. We all have incredible kiddusha. In life, we inevitably end up into the bar. Make sure you cultivate a relationship with someone who's your mumcha, who you trust enough to go ahead and say, tell me what the mumin are so that I can go ahead and fix it. It doesn't matter how accomplished, underaccomplished, all of us, all of us, Need our mumcha we could turn to. So the goes weiter. What are they arguing about? What are they arguing about? Maybe the machlokis is a general machlokis about, about do we look at mumin on yamtiv? Maybe that's the machlokis. Do we examine mumin of a bachar on yamtiv? Well, if that's the machlokis, which is definitely a legitimate machlokis, 
So the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, Rabbi Huda holds that you could examine mumin on yamtiv. Rabbi Shimon Savar in Rowan Mumin Biyamtiv. And Rabbi Shimon says, we don't look at Mumin and Yamtiv. Maybe that's the Machlokas. Then just frame the Machlokas that way. The Gemara says, Bacharshin. So what Mara will say, the Mishnah is dealing with the case of a Bacharshin Nafalabar. Why do you need, if the Machlokas is whether or not we examine Mumin on Yamtiv, which, which by the way, is a legitimate machlokis because what that about it was that what that is about is do we render you know legal decisions on Yamtiv? But if that's the machlokis is about, you don't need a case of a bukhar that fell into a bar, right? You could just go ahead and say a bukhar has a mum. I don't know, is it a mum kavua or not a mum kavua? Do we pass him not pass him? Why do you need the case of bukhar shenaf al bar? To which the like this is incredible. So I'll tell you why. Bechar shenaf al bar itzrichale sagaday tchamin emishum tsar balei chayim learim veliske kerabi oshua. Because I'll say there is another there's another issue at play over here, which is tsar balei chayim. Right, the assumption is that when the animal falls into the pit, there is some element of tsar associated with the animal. So I might have thought that Allah Khalamaisa, since this is a case of Tsar Balikhaim, maybe I could employ some type of subterfuge like like Rabbi Yoshua. What does Rabbi Yoshua say? Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, the last kick Rabbi Yoshua, Parak Mashilin, also we're gonna see this later on. This is an interesting case. You're not allowed to shecht a mother and a child on the same day. Let's say you have a mother and child that fell into the pit. Not Bakar, regular animals. So and there's so Rabbi Yoshua says like this. You can bring out the first animal with the condition to shecht it, on the, on, with the intention to shecht it. And then what? Once you get it out of the pit, you do what? You change your mind. No, I don't want that one. I don't want that one. I want the other one. And you go down to the pit to get the other one. Rabbi Yeshua allows you to go and employ that level of subterfuge because this Tsar Balichayim. So I might have thought that in this case also of Bechar Shanaf Alabar, maybe I should be able to go ahead and employ some type of subterfuge because the Tsar Balichayim, Kamash Malon, no. Kamash Malon, that's not the case, at least according to, at least according to Rabbi Shimon. Right? Rabbi Shimon will not allow you to hoist that animal out of the board, out of the bar. Iachi, lo yishchot. If that's the case, Rabbi say then again. So now I understand why the Mishnah frames the case of a Bukhar Shenafal Labar. Because you might have thought that since the animal is in the bar, and therefore there's an element of Tsar Bali Chaim, that perhaps you'd be able to pull a little shtick, right? And play a little subterfuge in order to get the animal out of the bar. Kamashman Rabbi Shimon says no. Right now, Rabbi Yehuda says you could lower the mumcha into the bar. You come all lower the mumcha, and he could expect it, and he could inspect it there. But Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon says nothing doing. If the animal was not cleared for consumption on Arab Yamtiv, you can't do anything with it on Yamtiv itself. If that's the case, says the Gemara, instead of saying Yishchot Lo Yishchot, shouldn't the lashon be Lo Yaalev Yishchot? See, so say, why doesn't the Mishnah make any mention of bringing the animal out of the bar? To which the Gemara says, Lo tzricha, va'aske. This is fascinating. They will say, what's the case we're dealing with over here? We're dealing with a case of where the guy already took the animal out of the bar. Right? He already did it. Right? So again, had he asked the Shailah, can I go ahead and take the animal out of the bar? Everyone would agree that what's the answer? What's the answer? At least initially. 
No. Right? Remember again, even Rabbi Yehuda doesn't allow you just to take the animal out of the bar. He says, you could lower the mumcha. If the mumcha says, ultimately, again, it's okay, then enochinami, the animal is yours. You could use it. Rabbi Shimon says, under no circumstances can you do anything with that animal. We're dealing over here with the case of where someone went ahead and brought the animal out anyway, without asking. They went without asking. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Lotzicha, da'avar va'aske. Rashi says, so therefore, everybody's agreeing that Allah Chalamaisa, you don't raise the animal up. The only shaila is, do you lower the mumcha in or not? Rabbi Huda says yes, Rabbi Shimon says no. In a case where you went ahead and you took the animal out of the bar, you didn't ask, you just did it. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says, You might have thought that at this point in time, therefore it should be fit for Shechita. Kamashmala, no. Kamashmala, you're not allowed to. So the Gemara says, Well, how could you shech the animal? It's an unblemished animal. Or it's, how would you, how, what's the Havamina that you'd be permitted to go ahead and shech this animal? No, no, no. The case over here is where the animal ultimately developed a mum. I says the Gemara, but one second, even if the animal developed a mum on Yom Tiv itself, don't we say that the animal was Muktza at the onset of Yom Tiv? Ela dinafal ba, listen to this case, Ela dinafal ba mum over me Erev Yom Tiv. Rather, I'll say, what's the case? The animal developed a blemish on Erev Yom Tiv. Now, what type of blemish did it develop on Erev Yom Tiv? What we call a mum over. A mum over, which means what? A mum that is going to heal. We'll say, what's the impact of a mum over on a Bukhar animal? What's the impact? None. None, right? right? You cannot consume a Bukhar animal with a mum over. But yet, yeah, interestingly enough, the animal developed a mum over an Erev Yamtiv. Fahashta, Havile mum kavua. And now what happens is fascinating. What began as a mum over developed into a mum kavua. All right, on Yom Tiv. So the Gemara says, "Mal the Tema did Daite Iluye Vinishchete." So you might have thought that what that Halacha Lamaisa, since the animal had a mum over on Erev Yom Tiv, you're looking at it and you're wondering, well, hmm, this could potentially evolve into a mum kavua. So maybe I really have das to go ahead and consume that animal already as of Erev Yom Tiv, and therefore Halacha Lamaisa, once the mum over develops into a mum kavua on Yom Tiv. I should be permitted to partake of the animal. Kamash Molon, no. Kamash not like that, Rabbi And Allah Chalamaisa, if the Mum Kavua did not go ahead and develop on Erev Yamtiv, one would not be permitted to go ahead and partake of the animal. Again, Rabbi say, we'll see what the Allah Chalamaisa is in this case in Meretz a little bit later on in the Sugya. So, Tan Rabbanon. Tan Rabbanon. Rabbi another fascinating case. Tan Rabbanon. Bukhar Tam Shinafalabar. So we'll say in this case over here, Bechar Tam Shinafa Labar. So we'll say, so now remember again, a totally unblemished Bechar that falls into a pit. What's the halacha? The Rabbi Huda Hanasi Omer Yevid Mumchavira, Im Yesh Bomum, Yala Vishchot, Vimlav, Lo Yishchot. So we'll say, so this is very interesting here. So remember, this Brysa, if you notice, by the way, is a, the verbiage is a bit different than our Mishnah. Right? Our Mishnah read, Bechar Shinafa Labar. The rice is saying over here, Bechar Tam. Now again, at first glance, it's not really such a big difference, but we'll, we'll delve a little bit more into the Lashon. Unblemished Bechar, unblemished Bechar, fell into a pit on Yom Tiv. So Rabbi Huda says, what can you do? Lower the Mumcha in, 
and let him see if there's a mum. If there's a mum, you could bring up the animal and you could shecht it. But ultimately, again, if there's no mum on the animal, you can't shecht it. You can't shecht it. Now, both sides, we'll see later on what can you do, by the way. What you do is, you're farnes bimkomo. In other words, you lower food into the pit to sustain the animal till after Yom Tov, right? You don't let the animal just sit there. You sustain it till after Yom Then after Yom Tov, you can pull it out. Amul Rabbi Shemamanasio. So I will say, so this is the position of Rabbi Huda, right? So I have an unblemished Bukhar that fell into a pit on Yom Tov. Now, again, as a result of the fall, does it have a mum? Does it not have a mum? Rabbi Huda says, no problem. Just lower a mumcha in there. Let him inspect it. If it has a mum, bring it out. Shecht it. If it doesn't have a mum, you have to leave it there. Rashi says, look at Rashi. Rashi says, he says, I feel we'll get that yet. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gimara says, Amr lo Rabbi Shem Rabbi Shem says as follows. He says, Hare Amru, ain, ain roan mumin biyamtiv. Rabbi Shem Manasya says, but one second, we paskin that we don't look at mumin on yamtiv. We don't look, Rabbi Shem take a look at Rashi just a moment. Amr lo Rabbi Shem Manasya, Hare Amru. Rabbi Shem this is really fascinating. Hare Amru means they said. They said. Who's the they? Rashi says, the earlier generations of rabbis already paskind that we do not see mumin on yamtiv. We do not see mumin on yamtiv. So the Gemara says, what does this mean? So listen to this. So Shemunasi says, already earlier generations established that we do not look at mumin on yamtiv. If that's the case, Rabbi Huda, how are you allowing for a mumcha to be lowered into the pit to inspect the Rabbosa? Again, to be clear, this has nothing to do with muktza. This is even if you hold a totally permissive view of muktza, at the end of the day, the problem over here is paskining on mumin on yamtiv. We'll get to this sugya where we essentially do not render legal decisions on yamtiv because the rendering of a legal decision has the appearance of tikkun mana fixing something. So the Gemara says, how, how, how do you paskin on this? So the Gemara says, Ketzad. No, so what's the case? No, so we'll say, listen to this. Okay, so what's the case? No lud bo mum be'erev yamtiv. Here we go. But see, we're going to discuss essentially three different cases. No lud bo mum be'erev yamtiv. If the animal developed a mum on erev yamtiv, ain mevakrin oso biyamtiv. We do not go ahead and inspect the mum on yamtiv itself. Now, before you turn the page, take a look at the last Rashi. No lud bo mum be'erev yamtiv. Rabbi Shimon ben Menasim mefarish moses Rabbi Shimon ba'yochai. So Shimon Manasya is now coming along to explain, explain Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Listen to this. So both say, when, here's what we have. Rabbi Shimon Manasya said the earlier generations, which Rashi is identifying as Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, said, we do not look at Mumin on Yom Tiv. Okay? That's the statement. What we're now going to do is kind of break up that statement into, a, into three different cases. So watch this. Case number one, Rashi says, is nolad bome erev yamtiv. The animal developed a mum on erev yamtiv. Rashi says, So listen to this. Case number one, 
is animal had a mum on Erev Yamtif. Okay? Now, the Chacham did not inspect the animal on Erev. I just want to point out, there's an interesting similarity here, just compared to cases, of like mum by Bechar and Saras. Both of these cases require what? A definitive ruling by an expert. In other words, even if you know that the mum on your animal, right, is a mum kavua, you can't paskin for yourself. Much in the same way that even if you know your lesion is saras. Saras is only saras when? When a coin says it's saras. A mum kavua, now mum kavua doesn't need a coin, it just needs an expert, it needs a mumcha. The mum is only a mum when the mumcha says it's a mum. Which I will say such an incredible yisod. Same basically we said before. When it comes to things that impact me, you generally need an outside source to confirm what's real and what's not, right? Because ultimately, again, Adam Karov Liatsmo, it's difficult for me to really say, is this saras or not? Is it really saras? I need someone outside of me. Bachar Behema, remember, you have a conflict of interest. Why do you have a conflict of interest? Why? Why? Because if it's a mum, who does it belong to? You. And if it's not a mum, who does it belong to? The coin. So for you to paskin on your own shayla that deals with you, right? That has, so we'll say, it's an incredible yisod. That sometimes we don't realize that when it comes, we don't see ourselves for who we really are. And this goes both ways. We don't see the good in ourselves. And we also often don't see the mumin in ourselves. So important. This goes back to have your mumcha in life. To have that person who you trust. Ultimately, again, who you will say, this is mir mum. This is saras. In any event, so what's the case number one? Is if the mum, if the mum came about on Erev Yamtiv, no little bo mum, Erev Yamtiv, no little bo mum, sorry. Ain mavakrin, no little bo mum, Erev Yamtiv, ain mavakrin also be Yamtiv. If the mum developed on Erev Yamtiv, we don't inspect the animal on Yamtiv. No little bo mum, on the days. No little bo mum, be Yamtiv. What if the mum developed on the animal on Yamtiv itself? Rabbi Shimon Omer, so both say this is case number two. Now, both say case number one, the Gemara doesn't write it, but Rashi fills in the blank. If the mum developed on Erev Yamtiv, but you didn't get the mumcha down in time, but the mumcha came on Yamtiv and paskint on Yamtiv, which you shouldn't have done, and you shechted based on his psak, it's okay. Not great, but it's okay. Why not, Rabbi? Say, what? It's not great. Why? Because we don't render our lachic decisions on Yamtiv. We don't pass on Moon on Yamtiv. But it's not terrible. Why? Because the Mum was already there on Erev Yamtiv. That's case one. Case two, there was no Mum on Erev Yamtiv. The Mum developed on Yamtiv itself. So what happens over here? Rabbi Shimon Omer ein zem min hamuchan. Rabbi Shimon says you can't use that animal. Right? Even if the Mumcha comes along and inappropriately paskins on it, you still can't use that animal on Yamtiv. Why? Because it wasn't prepared. It wasn't muhan, in zemina muhan, the shavin, shimnolat hu umumo imo, shazemina muhan. But everyone agrees that if the mum came about with the birth of the animal, let's say the animal was born with the mum, then that animal is called muhan. We'll discuss each of these cases. So we'll say, so right, so those are the three cases. Case number one, case number one, the animal had the mum on Erev Yamtiv. Pretty much, and, and again, but the Chacham didn't pass it until Yamtiv. If he ended up shechting it, it's okay. Case number two, there was no mum on Erev Yamtiv. If there was no mum on Erev Yamtiv, that animal is, is unusable on Yamtiv, even if the mum paskins are on Yamtiv. Case number three, the animal was born with the mum. That's called Muchan. That's called Muchan. That's called prepared for use. Okay, so Darish Rabbah Barafuna, 
To the point Rabbi Rafuna says, if the animal was born with its mum, you are even allowed to have the mumcha inspect that animal on Yom Tov itself. Right? So, Amrli Rav Nachman, Abba, so Amrli Rav Nachman, Abba Tani, Im Avar Ubikra Mavukar. So, the, the girsa we have is that no, Lechatkila, the mumcha is not permitted to go ahead and examine the animal on Yom Tiv. Rather, what? If he did it, if he did it, then what? It works. Ex post facto, it works. But you, Rabbi Rafuni, you're saying Lechatkila, the mumcha is permitted to inspect the animal when the animal was born with his mum. The at amrit mevakrin also lechatchila. So we'll say, see here the machlokas? The machlokas is if you have an animal that was born with his mum, with a mum. So Rav Nachman says, you're still not supposed to examine an animal like that on yomtiv because we don't examine animals on yomtiv. We don't examine mumin on yomtiv. Yet Rabbi Rafuna said that if the animal was born with the mum, lechatchila, you could even go ahead and examine it on Yom Tiv. So what's going on over here? So The truth is, so Abaye says, I think that Rabbi Barafuna's approach really is clear. Because we have three distinct constructs. So both sides, Abaye wants to suggest that Rabbi Barafuna is right. Namely, that if you have an animal that was born with its mum, you're even allowed to go ahead and, you're even allowed to go ahead and, Inspect that animal on Yom Tiv. Let's analyze. Shabbos, we had this, this case number one. An animal, had, right? An animal had a mum on Erev Yom Tiv. Shabbos, if an animal had a mum on Erev Yom Tiv, ideally what? You should not examine that mum on Yom Tiv. Now, what do we infer from that? Now, we already said this before. That's really lechatchilo. Lechatchilo. If the animal had the mum on erev yomtiv, we don't examine that mum on erev yomtiv. Bidiyeved. If you examined it and it turns out to be a mum kavua, what's the halacha? And you shechted it. Can you eat the meat? Yes. Can you eat the meat? Yes. No mum biyomtiv. This is case number two. What happens if the animal the, the bachar developed a mum on yomtiv? Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says it's not prepared for use. It's not prepared for use because it didn't, it was a totally unblemished Bachar at the onset of Yamtiv, therefore it's not fit for use. Dafilo Namilo, which tells me that even if the animal developed the mum on Yamtiv and the, the mumcha examined the animal on Yamtiv and decided that this is a mum kavua, still you can't eat the animal. And then we learned later on, what was the third case, Rabbosai? We learned afterwards, if when the Bukhar was born, right, if when the Bukhar was born, it was born with its mum, that that is called Mukhan. That is called Mukhan. Which Rabbosai sounds like what? Sounds like what? That even if the Bukhar was born when? When? On Yamtif, but it was born with a mum. Halacha lemaisa, that animal is actively permitted. Afilu lechatchila nami. So both say, so you see what's happening over here? We seem to have a little bit of a contradiction. Case number one is the animal had a mum on Erev Yamtiv. That was case number one. Both say, what's the halacha that has a mum on Erev Yamtiv? What's the halacha? Should, should you eat it on Yamtiv? Should you inspect it on Yamtiv? No. But if you did, if you did, you could eat it. Case number two, no mum on Erev Yamtiv develops a mum on Yamtiv. What's the halacha there? Shouldn't inspect it, and even if you did what? 
Can't use it. It wasn't mukhar. Case number three is the interesting one. What happens if the animal was born on yomtiv with a mum? On yomtiv with a mum. So we'll say, that case, it sounds like that what? Everyone agrees that you can have that animal inspected and eat it on yomtiv. I, what about the fact that what? What's the problem? It wasn't mukhan on Erev yomtiv. So you permitted to eat it. To which the Gemara says, Aha, came. He brought another mission in his hand and he said, Yet ultimately, Ganavoshia said that whether the mum came about on Arab Yamtiv or Yamtiv, the animal is not prepared or not fit for use. The Elakashia. So we'll say, what do we do with this? How do we reconcile all of this? So the Gemara says, it's not a problem. The author of this particular b'risa was Adabar Ochmi, and everyone knows that Adabar Ochmi was always messing stuff up. Right? So we'll say, by the way, what a, what a reputation. Right? What a reputation. Right? And it tells you, by the way, how careful a person has to be with what they say and how they live. Don't be the guy who everyone says, wow, this guy doesn't have it together. This guy doesn't have it together because ultimately, again, if you're that guy who doesn't have Seder in his life, if you're that guy who constantly is mishabesh, that's how people will come to know you and that's how people will remember you. Our Mishnah also reflects this view. Tiktani, Rabbi Shimon Omer, any time that the mum was not known on Erev Yamtiv, the animal is not considered to be prepared. So the Gemara says, My ain mumo nikar. What's the case of mumo not nikar? What's the case where the mum is not recognizable? Here we go. If we're talking about that there was no mum, pshita. Then the mum said, That's obvious. That's obvious. Does that even need to be said? Rather, I will say, when it says, what that means is, the mum was there, the mum was there, but the chacham didn't see it on Erev Yamtiv yet to know, is it a mum over, or ultimately, is it a mum kavua? But what do you see from here? What you begin to see is, even if the mum was there, but what? It was not inspected prior to Yamtiv. That's not Min Hamuchan. Which Rabbi seems to begin to paint a picture that Allah the only way the animal, the blemish Bachar, is going to be permitted on Yamtiv is how? Is if the mum was paskined on prior to Yamtiv. We're going to see, it's a tangent, but it's going to come back to the conversation. Literally translated, is there mukta for half a Shabbos? Not. I was saying, what does it mean, the mukta for half a Shabbos? But it's a fascinating case. If something was mukta at the onset of Shabbos, but then its circumstances changed, does the status change if the circumstances change? So the Gemara, so what's the case? Hey, Chidomi, if the item was fit for you, twilight of Shabbos, but say we generally assume that when is Mukta status locked in? When is it locked in? At the answer, Ben Shabbos. So if the item was fit, Ben Shabbos, 
denim should remain fit. If it wasn't fit, then what? Then it doesn't become fit. Listen to this case. We'll say, watch this. What's the case? The item was fit for use. Then it became unfit for use. Then it was once again rendered fit again. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, "Da'achzu tap Rashi." Actually, tap Rashi. Da'achzu ben Ashmoshos. It was fit for use ben Ashmoshos. Ve'idchi. Rashi says, "B'Shabbos shenafla lem gishamim v'tafchu v'hader v'hader achzu she'shazaf achashbos." We're going to see the Gemara is going to illustrate this case with a case of fruit. Where let's say again, the fruit was fit for use ben Ashmoshos. It became unfit afterwards. Let's say dew fell on it, and for whatever the reason, rendered it unfit. Then the dew dissipated and it became fit again. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Amr yesh mukza. So I'll say he says ultimately again in this case, an item actually can become mukza. In other words, it could become mukza again. We'll, see, you know, we'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up Amir Tashem with this sugya of can you have a flip flop status of mukza? In other words, could something be mukza, then non mukza, or I should say, non mukta mukta and become non mukta again. And then we're going to tie this back. So also, but just, what I just want to leave you right now is we have three cases in the situation of Bahar. Right? Case number one, just to review our three cases, we're clear with this. Case number one is that Allah Chalamais again, there was a mum Erev Yamtiv, there was a mum Erev Yamtiv, but the Chacham didn't get a chance to go ahead and inspect it. If you go ahead, and it turns out to be a mum Kavua, if you shek that animal on Yamtiv, can you eat it? As far as we are now, yes. Case number two, there was no mum on Erev Yamtiv, mum developed on Yamtiv. What's the status in that case? Case number three is the Bechar was born with its mum. Now, we're going to see that's the case of where the Bechar is born with its mum on Yamtiv. And it sounds like over here that that animal is going to be permitted. The resolution of those three cases, an understanding of the Machlokis, Rabbi Dara, and Mishnah, and the Allah Chalamaisa, all in tomorrow's daf. Shkarech abosai.